This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, February 27th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. New lighting rules for night harvest. Mandera groundwater plan rejected. Hemp growers to get some testing flexibility. Farmers working at night have new lighting rules. Wine grape growers and others who harvest at night to avoid daytime temperatures now have a new set of lighting regulations for worker safety. The California Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board last week approved the rules, which will likely take effect in 2021. Ag groups have opposed the new requirements. Based on those concerns, the board amended them to let employers provide the most appropriate source of lighting for the task at hand. As previously written, the rules would have required a vineyard to, quote, be lit up like a football field, according to Michael Miller of the California Association of Wine Grape Growers speaking to AgriPulse. Miller also said the board failed to complete an adequate fiscal analysis as required by law. The board believed the regulation would apply to about 1,400 operations for three months of the year, but Miller said nearly 6,000 growers work at night on a variety of activities year-round. The board also made a change to allow the poultry industry to reduce lighting during harvest, that in order to avoid stressing the animals. State may reject its first groundwater sustainability plan. A coalition of local agencies in the Madera region has failed to comply with the Sustainability Groundwater Management Act. According to a letter by the Department of Water Resources, one of the four groundwater sustainability agencies in the coalition refused to sign their coordination agreement. Since the deadline for submitting the plans has passed, the state may take over control of this section of the Madera Subbasin to ensure it meets the standards for SGMA. DWR is currently consulting with the State Water Board to determine the next steps. Without local collaboration, the state's conservation measures could be more aggressive or less tailored to local conditions. Legislators hint at a new climate bond and other bills. Soon, legislative committees will once again be ticking through hundreds of new bills. Though it's too early to know which measures will actually face public scrutiny, here are a few young ones hoping to be picked at hearings. Two rural Democrats have joined a group of urban assembly members to introduce a new bond measure aimed at addressing climate risks in California. The authors have not offered any other details, but do point out the climate risk to agriculture and water supplies. Likewise, a new bill by Senator Hannabeth Jackson of Santa Barbara promises to revise the reporting requirements for agriculture pesticide use near schools. But it's too early to know what that means. Berkeley Senator Nancy Skinner does offer several details in her new carbon sequestration bill. Senate Bill 1323 would charge agencies with establishing carbon capture goals for natural and working lands. Skinner's riding a growing wave of support for agriculture as far as its potential for removing carbon from the atmosphere, anyway. Well, in national news, California lawmakers and potato growers are pressing the Senate to act on ag labor. Potato growers are on Capitol Hill this week, pushing the Senate to move forward on a bipartisan ag labor reform bill that passed the House back in December. The bill would expand the H-2A program to year-round workers and provide growers relief on wage rules. It would also offer legal status to existing agricultural workers who are undocumented. National Potato Council President Britt Raybould tells AgriPulse 
as much as we've had additional automation make things easier, we still need folks. The co-sponsor of the House bill, Republican Congressman Dan Newhouse of Washington State, says he continues to work with Republican senators such as Thom Tillis of North Carolina, Roy Blunt of Missouri, and Idaho's pair of senators to build momentum for a Senate bill. Testing flexibility on the way for hemp farmers. Hemp producers got some good news from USDA yesterday. This growing season, they won't have to go to laboratories certified by the Drug Enforcement Administration as originally specified in an interim final rule issued in October. USDA Undersecretary of Agriculture for Marketing and Regulatory Programs Greg Ibaugh told leaders of state agriculture departments at USDA headquarters that the department would be updating its guidance to provide flexibility to producers who have complained that using only DEA-certified labs would have made testing onerous, if not impossible. Growers also will get some leeway on how they destroy their crop if forced to because of high THC levels, Ibaugh said. Also at the gathering with the National Association of Departments of Agriculture, Ag Secretary Sonny Purdue said, despite the spread of the coronavirus slowing China's imports, he's still confident that China will live up to its promises to buy $80 billion worth of U.S. farm commodities in 2020 and 2021. Pingree introduces bill seeking to cut climate emissions from agriculture. A new bill introduced by Representative Shelley Pingree would increase funding for sustainable farming practices in an effort to eliminate greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture operations by 2040. The main Democrat called her plan, which would reduce emissions by half before 2030, ambitious but achievable. It would provide more money for USDA regional climate hubs, soil health improvements, on-farm energy renewable energy initiatives, and protection of existing farmland. The Agriculture Resilience Act would also, quote, support pasture-based livestock systems by creating an alternative manure management program to address methane emissions and create a new USDA program to reduce food waste. Making a mark. The bill will probably not be considered for approval on its own. But as a marker bill, it's intended for inclusion in a larger climate legislation. Supporters include the American Farmland Trust, the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, the National Farmers Union, and Organic Trade Association, among many other groups. General sign-up for CRP ends tomorrow. Producers and landowners better move quickly if they want to compete in the general sign-up for funding under the Conservation Reserve Program. Again, that deadline to apply is Friday. As long as you have an appointment scheduled, your CRP offer will be able to compete in this general sign-up, even if the appointment is in the first week of March. That's the word of Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce. According to FSA, CRP currently has about 22 million acres enrolled. But the 2018 Farm Bill raises that cap to 27 million acres by 2023. The cap for fiscal year 2020 is at 24.5 million acres. Here's today's He Said It. I'm here with my good friend Nellie, the Nutria. That California Representative Josh Harder, who brought his stuff Nutria to another congressional hearing yesterday to discuss his bill to allocate $12 million toward Nutria eradication. The bill has advanced to the Senate. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, February 27th. It's brought to you by FMC. 
For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.